to midnight One minute to go One minute to say goodbye Before we say hello Let's start the new year right Twelve o'clock tonight When they dim the light Let's begin Kissing the old year out Kissing the new year in Greetings, Grandstanders! Welcome to a end-of-the-year edition of a Grandstand podcast. Once again, our producers have knocked it out of the park and have prepared a fabulous show for everybody. Before we get into uh, today's episode... Let's get down to to the to the business of gentlemen. Introducing my partner in crime, the professor, checking in from New York City. How are things in New York City, professor? They're wonderful. Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad y próspero año. Yes. Um, yeah. End of the year, man. Went by fast, huh? Super fast. Like I keep thinking of of things that happened this year, and then I and then when I go to look them up, it's like, oh, that happened in two thousand fourteen. It's, 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 everything just starts to run into uh, into each other, or just things run into themselves. Um, are you ready for the apocalypse one month away, Professor? Mm, um, no, it's funny you say that. Last night I went to a holiday party, and that's that was the question that was asked. Like, do you feel optimistic about anything? going into the new year like and 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 for the most part everybody just kind of was like not really like everyone was saying how you know they feel scared and and uh concerned and um and i was li- i was the only one who said like yeah i feel i'm really looking forward to 2017 uh a lot of people just want 2016 to be over but um for for all of the absurdity uh all the people who passed away and all the all the just every horrible thing that happened or didn't happen um sports wise i think it was an incredible year don't you think professor yeah definitely it, it was it was a an eventful year most definitely in sports and and, and outside of sports yeah and so we have a lot to talk about. We're going to be doing a year in review. Uh, last year, since uh, Grandson had just gotten started, we we really didn't get a chance to because because this is about sports, but also about themes, motifs, ideas, thoughts that we've covered uh, here on Grandstand. But uh, now we do. Now we have a whole entire year of material to work with, Professor. Uh, is is it fair to say that this was the year of Trump, regardless of how you and I might feel politically about his? Uh, Views, yeah, I can't think of any other individual who's talked about more. Isn't it a uh, strange, professor, that um, in this year of Trump, 2016 started with a, a controversial uh, uh, um, halftime show during the Super Bowl? Do you do you remember that? Yeah. Uh, so 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 it was uh, Beyonce doing the halftime show. Uh, wearing or not was she was she in also in 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 kind of outfit or garb that looked uh, reminiscent or similar to Black Panther party uh like a Black Panther stripper basically wasn't was was that was that is that what you, we would call it yes Black Panther stripper 
I think or so. something like that. From from what I remember, she was wearing like you know your typical like female pop musician being sexy, objectified, you know that whole deal. Right. But in all seriousness, it 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 was kind of a galvanizing moment, um, because that was that that was a and still continues to be a very important issue. Um, so in a way, it was uh, a lot of people were upset that 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 kind of one that that this was like an overt uh, defiance or fuck you to the police uh, people, the men in blue, men and women in blue, uh, um, and that these kinds of things don't belong in sports. Do you buy into that, professor? No, no way. Not not. Um, I love I love when 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 those when. Uh, politics gets interweaved into sports. I mean, I think it always is, which is kind of one of the main themes of our of, of grandstand. But uh, but when it's overtly like overtly part of the sporting spectacle, uh, no, I think that's uh, I, I'm a fan of that. I support that, and, and it's inevitable. Do you think that that's something that? Um, so I, I feel a lot like what what you kind of what you just said. But do you think it's? Do you think that? the the press or the 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 powers that that that, that guide uh, mainstream sports they have a vested interest in making sure that the conversation stays light because maybe there's there's a fear that the moment that it becomes too politicized that it could pose a threat to the the entertainment aspect of it is that really what's being is that what we're is that what's being guarded and and then uh, you know what what do you think of that yeah that's a that's a great question um real conversations um about uh whether it be about race or class or, or all these other social issues um they make it just makes people uncomfortable like people um and and i don't know like in, in kind of the circles that you that you roll in um maybe that's not as much the case like um like i feel like i you know in, in talking with you or another ones of my friends and, and family like uh um, we seem to enjoy talking about that type of stuff. Um, but I do notice, I mean, no, and not, and not even I notice. I think it's a known thing that, um, those type of heavy topics, um, uh, make people uncomfortable. You know, the whole, like, don't talk about politics and religion at, during, at the dinner table. Um, I think that's ridiculous. I think that's like the perfect place to talk about those things. Well, where else would you do it if you can't? I mean, when else can people get together and have these conversations? And I think you just hit the nail on the head because I think, well, when when is it appropriate to talk about those things, right? Um, I, I get the feeling or the sense that it's. It, well, I think it's ironic that <clears throat> we're constantly lusting for this reality, and I think sports is one of those outlets that, even though it's it's completely commodified and co-opted and mediated and completely vul, uh, vulgar, uh, uh, once the, once it gets to put through the sieve of capitalism um it still it still is is a pretty real endeavor you know it's pretty there's still like there's still some some elements of of it being something real and i think that's why we're so attracted to it right and i think it's ironic that we this thing that 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 holds this really special value of something that's outside of this of this you know this this fantasy that's created by uh the media uh, of 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 uh of, of whatever is really happening or not happening, but sports is a place where you can go and engage with something real. But somehow, uh, when we use sports as a vehicle or metaphor to talk about uh, th- how it reflects some deeper neurosis or or, or fear that's uh, currently happening in our society, we we kind of shut those voices down. I think it's really ironic, um, don't you think? Yeah, no, most definitely. 
and and also to 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 the question that you'd asked in in bringing these type of issues into the the sporting venue um it does allow for and you know a point that we keep making over and over here too is is you know a lot of times within sports uh, the the thing that people are paying least attention to is the actual game and um and so like when you think of the super bowl you know you have all the that's like the one of those sporting events that all these people gather for where i think it seems like the vast majority of people at the house wherever you're watching the game or wherever it is the majority of the people there don't even care about the game um and for some it's the commercials that 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 they're interested in and and for for i think a small pocket but it's a pocket nevertheless um it's 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 those political issues that are brought into it that that gets their attention right and i would i would include myself as mm-hmm. a, a, and obviously you as well uh i i think it's the disservice of of saying that uh the performance or or of bringing the politics into sports uh, that it has no place is it's obviously a huge disservice because I feel like sports like music and art and other social cultural uh, venues, they, they are the appropriate place like the dinner table to have these conversations about the, the tougher questions about race in America. And speaking about race in America, um, this was a year also of Colin Kaepernick, huh? Yeah. You know, I, I, I want to kind of juxtapose him with uh, LeBron James because he had a big year too, right? Mm-hmm. NBA champion came home, kind of fulfilling this promise of giving a championship to his home team. But LeBron was an openly more traditional political supporter of the establishment of Hillary Clinton. And then when it's kind of like uh, when juxtaposed with uh, uh, Kaepernick, this idea that Kaepernick was openly defined by kneeling during the anthem, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, LeBron James was asked. One of his opinions on that. Well, one, LeBron James is a contract uh, by contract, the NBA contract. He's supposed to stand for the anthem, whereas Kaepernick isn't. His contract doesn't say he has to stand or sit. I don't know if most people know that, but um, so LeBron James has no. He 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 really couldn't. If he even if he wanted to, his contract states that he can't do that. I mean, I guess he could defy it, but but also James has LeBron James has been very open about taking a much more traditional approach to his politics, to his politicking, whereas um, Kaepernick just kneeled and said this is bullshit that you know um was more overtly defiant and uh, militant and they asked lebron what he thought of what kaepernick had done and he's he, he basically said i agree and i'm with it and like the rest of us uh, uh you know we we uh, i'm 100 percent behind kaepernick doing that um but somehow that there are other avenues uh for expressing that uh or for for, for reaching a more effect i don't think he said that but i think by him Acknowledging the the more traditional political establishment, he kind of a, a big great divide uh, occurred between them. What do you think of that? Oh, that's interesting. I actually wasn't wasn't aware of that. Um, I mean, LeBron did. I do remember he he did wear the um, when when Eric Gardner out in Staten Island, right? When he was uh, choked out, right? Um, uh, LeBron was one of the players wearing the "I Can't Breathe" shirts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, during uh, during warmups, um, so so he 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 definitely has um, he has expressed his political views absolutely. Um, but that's interesting. I mean, um, 
it, it really might just come down to what you're what you said that that in the NBA he's contractually obligated to uh to to stand but but it does raise a good question you're um if he were really down for the cause he's LeBron James I mean you, he talk about a guy who has a platform to mm-hmm. if he were to to do the same thing Kaep- I mean Kaepernick is in in the in the scheme in the larger scheme of the NFL you know he's He's not a major player as opposed to LeBron. Um, and those were some of the criticisms of Kaepernick, that he wasn't the quarterback that he was a few years ago and that therefore he could afford to, to, to basically the onslaught of whatever came his way because he, he, he started on the bench, right? Yeah, this, year. Uh, this year, yeah. Yeah, it's almost like he had nothing to lose. And I don't agree with that. I think that still took a lot of, a lot of balls to do what he did and I was 100% behind it. I think... Uh, the thing with LeBron that, that you know, I, I used to be a LeBron hater, and I, I've come to really have um, uh, empathy and compassion for the the not maybe him personally because I don't know him, but I think for the archetype or the persona that he's created, and this very fascinating uh, uh, his 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 very carefully curated political uh, expressions, I thought are really fascinating considering how much power he, he has, right? I mean, he had a, we don't need to get into all the things that he's done to hold the public's attention. And I just, you know, he did come out and say, you know, he's a Hillary supporter. And, and he did say in one interview, all lives matter, which is one of these controversies that continues to go on and on uh, within the, um, the Black Lives Matter movement. LeBron, J- LeBron James said all lives matter? He said that, yes. Holy in an interview. Yes. But I think it's, uh, you know, he, this is going to sound really strange, but He's kind of like in the in the in the uh, in the tradition of the kind of the old uh, the old guard way of doing politics, you know, mm-hmm. the Jesse Jackson, the you know JFK, uh, more traditional approach, you know. And and for anybody who's been oppressed, uh, maybe some people don't have the time to wait it out and say, uh, let's just let's just trust the system and the process, right? I understand the urgency of certain people, so. I don't know how I feel about it, but uh, we can move on, Professor, unless you have any other uh, anything to add to this. I thought that was a really powerful and fascinating part of sports at, at a, a huge, 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 uh, at least as uh, far as American sports are concerned, very big, big deal, I thought, this year. Yeah, that is, I mean, we, can, we can't devalue the, the, the significance of the fact that when you are a star at the in the position of a LeBron James, th- there's just so much more at play with who you are and and what you're responsible and accountable for, um, which you know not not justifying or not criticizing either. What you know his decisions that he's made, but but um, I mean really, it is a lot easier for for Colin Kaepernick of to course. do what he did than than for LeBron, and and I wonder if and this is just this might be super silly, um, but. And and maybe it's been said before, but this year was also um, O.J. Simpson, like oh, yeah. the, the the return of like the O.J. Simpson story, mm-hmm. right? And and in that in in the whole O.J. story coming back to the limelight, um, which you know what's crazy is is how many like how younger people uh, don't even. When I brought up O.J. Simpson in class, <laughs> I I had a couple students ask, "Who is that?" Are you kidding me? Yeah, no, no joke. Um, and uh, so, but so, so with with the with the return of 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 OJ, 
Um, what also what came to light that a lot of people were not aware of was the fact that he was uh, very very hesitant. I mean, he just he flat out refused to um, support uh, the the political movements of of minority groups or you know of of his of the community he came from and and you know at the time he was criticized for it but more like especially today now he's he's looked back and criticized for it you know he he was a guy who was a big star and and he was far more concerned with being accepted within the uh within the the white community the wealthy community and um, for that reason was very um he he 100 percent was on the all lives matter you know type thinking i do wonder if if colin kaepernick literally just sat back you know watched the oj simpson series that that came out and he was like damn i don't want to be i don't want to be looked back on like oj simpson so uh regardless of whether cap so so we're going to be handing out uh recognitions or uh awards uh, here from the group what should we call them recognitions uh, mentions professor yeah mentions are good because if we yeah. if we we have to send them. If something. we did winners, like that, makes other people feel excluded. Yeah, we don't want to do that. That's not the kind of uh, that's not the kind of classroom we run here. Uh, so, so Kaepernick is a strong contender for uh, possibly uh, uh, biggest revisionist historian of the year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and a Castro supporter. That's right. Uh, and I love that Castro wore uh, Nikes. And that those legends about him being drafted by the Yankees or something were all bullshit. Um, Castro's an interesting character, uh, Professor. Let, let's let's get into our, our first mention. Um, but let's let's just let's just let's just um, let's just come out and say it. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll go back and forth. Um, what was the best sporting event that you attended this year? Oh man, that was a, that's a tough one because there's two that I that I that were really special to me. But if I had to pick one, I would say it was the going going down to TJ with with my cousins for the Cholos game. That's a good one. That's that's uh that's one of my finalists. And and what was your other? Um, ringside at Madison Square Garden for for and, wrestling. Yeah. Uh, I, I'll, I'll tell you mine, and then um, we can make a decision. Uh, for me, it was three, between three. Uh, uh, a Giants game that I went to with my brother in the middle of the season where they swept the Giants. That was really fun. Oof. That was the most fun I had at a Padre game in a long time. Um, my brother was wearing his uh, I Hell I Hate the Giants shirt with Rafaga Palmer. Um, I love that shirt. Uh, the, the second one was uh, going to Estadio Azteca with uh, my familia. And watching uh, America play at Azteca, and and then the third one was the Cholos game, and I, I I picked the Cholos game with the with the cousins. That was that was the premier sporting event for me of the 2016 season. So uh, I'm glad we're, we're we're on the same page. So that's what I'm going with, Professor. Wow, that's yeah, me too. Uh, shit, man. That's um that game really beat out some some pretty epic events. Absolutely, I think it would you know. Family and sports and booze. I can't really, I don't know how to possibly top that. Well, yeah. And I think what really took it over the top was um, we, we basically we hung out with, with oh. <laughs> we, can, we can call them like the ultras, right? The ultras, the ultras of Tijuana. The, the, the nice ultras. Yeah. The, the, and, um, well, shit. And we actually got to see like, uh, you know, 
somewhat legit ultras um, over in, in the in the Pumas those, fans. Yeah, those were they 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 didn't Ralph, uh, Rafa save somebody's life? And he's and and then yeah, and then and then De Palmer saved um, <laughs> saved the, the deputy's <laughs> life. <laughs> I mean, he literally put his hand up as a flying projectile was about to hit this man's head. And that and, would, that would have done damage, man. Serious damage. And my my Rafa put his put his arm up and and basically kept this man from getting a concussion, possibly worse. And then the guy got mad at him because he thought Rafa was throwing something until all of his cronies told him like, "No, he just saved your life, dude." And then it was a different story. <laughs> Did you notice how everybody in Tijuana treated us differently after that? Yeah. Well. It, even more differently than they did when they thought that we were all reporters, <laughs> which we are, right? Reporting on the spectacle. So, uh, best game attended by uh, professor and pontificator would have to be that Cholos game. That was epic. Hope to repeat it again when Mexico comes uh, to play in the in the Gold Cup this summer at Qualcomm Stadium. Uh, Professor, have you ever heard of Detroit Football Club? Uh, just recently, yeah. Detroit City Football Club? Yeah. So uh, just as there's been this, these, uh, this populism, populism uh, resurgence, um, we just provide an example of the, the, the resurgence, populistic resurgence uh, from the right, you could say, if you're a Trump supporter, um, although you could certainly make arguments against that. Uh, Brexit was certainly a populist revolt for uh, people with more right-leaning uh, ideologies. But here we have something really unique in the Detroit City Football Club, a like a fourth, like fourth-tier uh, team that plays in the city of Detroit and is uh, financed completely by the community. And they have a supporters group called the. Um, the North Guard or the the North something yeah, Guard North Guard North Guard and one of their things is it, it, it's it's all in, it's in, it's inclusive it includes anybody uh, race nationality creed sexual orientation political affiliations it's basically they, they have a they have a tifa or a, a banner that they put up that says uh, refugees welcome that's some pretty exciting shit going on in the city of Detroit soccer wise and to top it all off. They've given the big middle finger, big fuck you to the MLS to Major League Soccer. So I mentioned them because they're they're finalists for Grandstanders of the Year, Professor. You're okay with that nomination? Oh, most definitely. Any anything anything else I missed? You want to point out the, about these guys uh, and gals? Um, after the Orlando shooting, they put up a, a solidarity sign with the the, the 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 people who passed away in the horrific event. Um, these these guys are hardcore. Like we don't give a shit as long as you love soccer and you hate the fucking the 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 bastardization of of corporate uh, the corporate sports machine. Come come be our friend. Yeah, they they are their their populism done done right. Like uh, <laughs> you know they're they they hate the right. They have the right common enemy, and 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 are able to not get sidetracked by these by the superficial divisions of, of bigotry. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a, it's a super, it's a super cool story. And, and it remi- it's, it's appropriate that you segued into that from talking about the, the Cholos uh-huh. because I mean, you talk to some folks down there and you know, they, they kind of, they will say like shit, man, 
yeah, the games are cool, it's fun, love the team, but man, the team's not what it used to be back when we were a lower division uh, right. uh, team. Um, and it was like one of the fears of the Detroit fans, their whole thing is, you know, once if we become an MLS team, we're not going to be able to do, we're not going to be able to do some of the things that we do now. They're, they're very vulgar um, and... And the same thing, I, I have a buddy, oh, actually, remember, he was on Grandstand. He was, like, on one of the first episodes. Remember um, Dan, uh, Daniel? Yeah, yeah. Um, he used to always uh, uh, invite me to go to, to Trollos games before they before they um, they joined the uh, Liga MX. And that was, like, the thing that him and all his buddies would do. And it was, like, a fun thing to do on Sunday nights. And, you know, they remember when they used to throw the beer up and everyone would mm-hmm. throw their beer up in the air? Yeah, like all like you can't do that anymore. Right. So, you know, it, once it becomes commercialized, it, it becomes sanitized, and I could definitely see the concerns. At the same time, I would say that that despite becoming a commercialized team with all these the, these corporate sponsors, um, they've still been able to preserve like the like I still see Cholos games as a, as a very beautiful uh, communal um, absolutely you know gathering. Especially when contrasted with uh, our spectating experience here in San Diego, in the United States. Yeah. Um, Professor, I think this is an easy one, but what was the game of the year? Yeah, I have a feeling we're going to have the same one. Um, for, for, well, for me, my game of the year was Game 7 of the World Series, Cubbies-Indians. What happened? What was so besides the fact that it was an incredible game? But like, did you get the sense that there was this uh, national preoc- like uh, concern with everything that was happening that that we were we were able to disconnect for one night? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, 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 for for me, uh, being on the East Coast, um, I had to stay up really late to watch the the rest of that, and, and on a on a on a on a night that. I had to wake up really early. Um, and it's very rare. It's rare, rare, rare that that um, an event will keep me up that late when I have to work that early. Um, and only two events did that this year. And I'm, I'm sure you could guess which ones. Uh, the election and the Cubs game. Yep. Same for me. Do you feel like there was some uh, divine intervention? Can you tell us some, something really unique that happened during that game? That just made that made the epicness of this game. I don't think there's ever going to be. I read an article the day after it said the greatest game ever played, baseball game ever played, and I don't. How could you potentially ever possibly top this game? What occurred late innings? Yeah, I mean, when it started raining, that was the that was like, yeah, where where I think we all like put our hands on our heads and we're like, this is unreal. What's happening? Right, like what we're witnessing. It, it really when it started raining, it. Uh, that's when, and we joked about this before. Like, that's when it, it became, it, it was a, a confirmed for us that uh, sports are all scripted, and Dis- <laughs> Disney was behind that game. <laughs> so when I was saying divine intervention, I wasn't talking about uh, God. I was talking exactly about what you just mentioned, Professor. And you, you call it Disney? I mean, it was. I love. I. I mean, I love a, a good. Uh, Disney sport, or well, I guess not. But you know, whether it be the Sandlot or Angels in the Outfield, um, or in any sport, Little Giants, um, those I love those type of films, and um, and that's what that game felt like. 
it was it was like uh it was a perfect respite from the shenanigans that were occurring on the political end. And all I kept thinking is so so if it's not Disney, then is it is it is it the gods saying like like the the plan didn't go as the way that they were, they wanted it to and then they had to bring on the rain to to pause and rethink because they're like you know they knew what was going to happen in november and they're just like we just we can't do this to them we have to give them something <laughs> yeah i wish they would have done it the other way around that's what i was hoping for but anyways that was an incredible game i don't think we will see a game like that for a long long time um did, Professor, do, do you know who uh, Leicester City is? Oh, yeah. Un- unreal Cinderella story in the Premier League? Yep. And are you bringing this up because for Team of the Year? Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Yes, yes. The odds of Leicester City, 50,000 to 1 odds. So if you if you invested just a little bit of money, you made a lot of money. Um, Leicester City had had just been in the in the second division, you know, wasn't in the it wasn't in the first in the top in the top league. The way that these things work in the in in international soccer is is uh, you have basically like a team from the minor leagues, like like a Triple A baseball team. If they were the champions, they would move up to the major leagues, and the shittiest team, which could potentially be the Padres, they would move to the minor leagues. Makes it pretty exciting. Leicester had just been promoted, I think. I, don't, I want to say seven years, less than that, less, way less than that, actually, because um, it was that miraculous. But um, they were the champs, dude. And you know what sucks about that, Professor, is that now everybody's going to be copying what they did to figure it out, kind of like Moneyball. Yeah. And we probably won't see that for a long, long time. But it was pretty magical to think... Um, Here's this this uh the second tier team moves up to the Premier League and wins the championship, beating teams like Manchester United, Manchester City, Arsenal, Chelsea, West Ham, Liverpool, etc. etc. It it'd be like it'd be like the Portland Beavers winning the World Series next year. Who was who was the team of the year for you? Well that dude, that's that's um we're we're kind of we we keep being on the same page, but I don't know. I I hadn't confer- I was curious to hear who your team of the year would be. Um, is that yours, Leicester City? Yes, yes. Because when I thought about what the what my game of the year was, and it was the the, the World Series, my next thought was yeah, and the Cubs are probably would be my pick for team of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remembered about about Leicester City, and I thought, well, damn, that was a pretty pretty fantastic. Uh, uh, talk about something that uh, another scripted type story, um, lightning mm-hmm. in a bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so shoot, just to balance it out, if if Leicester City is your team of the year, I'm I'm gonna stick with the Cubbies as team of the year, just because because um, uh, I have more, I had more of an emotional investment in in that. Don't let anyone say that it's just a game, for I've seen other teams and it's never the same. When you're born in Chicago, you're blessed and you're healed. The first time you walk into Wrigley Field. Our heroes wear pinstripes, heroes in blue. Give us the chance to feel like heroes too. Forever we'll win, and if we should lose, we know someday we'll go out the way.
I'm gonna do something. I'm gonna ask you to name uh, some, some nominees for for uh, player or sports person of the year. I think we should do at least three, maybe four, and then uh, before the show's up, we'll decide um, as we move along here. Uh, you want to throw one out there, a nominee? Um, well, I'll, I'll throw the obvious one out first. Chris, Chris Ronaldo. Chris Ronaldo. He had a fabulous year. He won the the Euro Cup. And he just won the the FIFA World Club, uh, uh, FIFA Club World Cup, and he also won the Champions League. And he scored a gazillion goals, and he looked really fucking sexy doing it. Um, are you a fan of Ronaldo? Um, are you Messi or Ronaldo? Oh. <laughs> um, I, I, if you would have asked me that a year ago, I would have said Messi at the drop of a hat. But lately, I mean, Messi has kind of become a very unlikable person for me. Based on what, Professor? Uh, his bleached hair. Yeah, what the fuck was that about? Yeah, it's it's indicative of something bigger that's going on w- with him. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm a big Maradona fan. Like He's one of my favorite players, humans, People. ever, ever. Yeah, ever in the history of, of you know, he's right up there with... Uh, with Jesus and uh, Jose Alfredo Jimenez, um, so to think that you would begin to compare those two, it, it just doesn't it doesn't even make sense to me. Um, and I think Messi quitting on the national team was like fuck you, you suck. Uh, you know him saying just because he didn't win, I could never see Maradona just saying I can't do this anymore. Uh, Maradona would have already won like three championships. Mm. And he single-handedly won one in '86. Um, but I, but, so, I, but I could you could see Ronaldo doing that for Portugal. Yeah, you could, and I can't stand Ronaldo. I just don't like his style of play. But I I I understand he is amazing. He is incredible, and he is going to go down as one of the greatest that ever played. Um, it's just these contrasts, right, between the uh, the, the he, Ronaldo is a perfect embodiment of. The European style and Messi is the embodiment of the mix, right? Of the South American, the technical with the with the um, with the European game. But um, which isn't to say Ronaldo's not technical; he's incredibly technical. But Super. they're they're you know, like as I heard a reporter, I read a reporter who said instead of worrying about who's better, like we should just sit back and and be so thankful that we got to live in a time and we got to see both of them play. So. I, I think that's the best thing that's been said on the Ronaldo and um, and, and Messi saga. And yeah, the hair is annoying. It was, by the way, it was five thousand to one odds, not fifty thousand, uh, with uh, Leicester City. <laughs> um, uh, that's kind of a bit. That's a <laughs> <laughs> that would be like the AYSO team at your local uh, community rec center winning the uh, Premier League, but um. Still, uh, apparently Dude, I added another zero. What's well, up? you know what? Th- that is perfect because if there's one thing, one huge takeaway from this year, it's that none of us know shit about statistics. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so you could have said five million to 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 one, and I would have just been like, "Yeah, well, okay." <laughs> uh, um, I think it's only because I read a profile on this woman, young woman. Um, but do you know who Simone Biles is, Professor? Oh yeah, she's amazing. She's wonderful. Yeah, 
She's the gold medal winner. Won four gold medals. She's won a gazillion medals as well. Um, she is basically on another level. So it's kind of like Messi and Ronaldo. There's there's guys that are really close to them, but they're on a you know these these kinds of people only come around every twenty five or thirty years. Simone Biles is one of those athletes, and I read a profile on her, and uh, she's a pretty incredible human being uh, as far as gym- gymnastics is concerned. So she would be my uh, my first nominee for. Uh, Sports player of the year, uh, Professor. Good, can we just put? Can we just? No, we're, neither of us are going to nominate Phelps, right? No, okay, no, good, no, all right, no. Uh, he's certainly in the running, but nice. he uh, on a technicality, he's left out. Okay. Um, so uh, moving along here, Professor. Can we talk about? Can we talk? Can we talk a little bit about um, um, Peyton Manning? Yeah. Did he ever get convicted of uh, his sexual uh, indiscretions? <laughs> I, I suspect not. Whatever the fucking happened to that? Do we know? He's uh, Yeah, what happened to that is that he's Peyton Manning. So are you trying to say that athletes get away with shit? <sighs> un- un- unfortunately, um, yeah. Is it, is it, I think, uh, my, my favorite moment of the year, Professor, is... Uh, and that's why I wanted to tie these two together, is when, when uh, Eli Manning is uh, shown being upset that his brother just won another Super Bowl. Oh, yes. Dude, I forgot about that. One of the most beautiful things I've seen in the spectacle in a long time. Um, can you tell us what happened, Professor? <laughs> um, I think it was, it, it was when the, that clinching play that it was, was it a touchdown that Peyton threw? Like a two-point conversion maybe? Something or, happened or where Something it was ha- like it was over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was the official, like, okay, uh, Peyton Manning just capped off his amazing career uh, with a Super Bowl win, you know, another, you know, great story. Uh, and and they put the camera on his family celebrating in the booth and everyone's celebrating except for his brother Eli, who, um, who uh, very clearly he was not happy that his brother just won classic sibling rivalry you know and they try to sell it like sibling rivalry but i saw more like fucking Cain and abel <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh, that's, dude that's gotta suck man to have that like the competition among siblings okay that's you know that, that that happens but that's like man that's gotta suck when you're not happy for your brother's success in that way right he's a fucking asshole he said well, no to the chargers or Payne's an asshole. We that's what? that's what we don't know. Fuck, right? <laughs> Actually, I mean, dude, you just asked about the allegations, the sexual. So, yeah, I think that probably is what makes more sense. So, what was your moment of the year, Professor? If not that, mine was could could uh, is it possible to take two moments and and turn them into one? Yes, I have a feeling that they're going to be connected to the spectacle of the year. Well, so mine, uh, my moment of the year is because I think, you know, uh, moments can be painful too. Mm-hmm. And uh, if I can think of a time where I felt uh, as like kind of sick to my stomach as I did on election night, mm-hmm. 
Um, it was a few months beforehand when uh, the green team, Mexico, got beat by uh, Chile. Yeah. Uh, in that beatdown, seven nothing. And um, wait, se- yeah, wait, seven seven one seven, seven one. Nothing. Wait, was there a give, score? Who gives a shit? Um, we fucking got spanked, humiliated, and embarrassed. Like I, 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 um, I kind of blacked out by yeah, after like seven. And so I don't mm-hmm. remember if, if there was a score at the end or not, but um, um, yeah, that was just—I mean, talk about a, a moment that was just—you uh, know—when sports get to you on an emotional level. But then I, I would combine that with the a victory in Columbus, oof, and I th- putting those two the 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 joy, or actually the moment itself wasn't the victory. The moment was Rafa Marquez, eighty-eighth minute header to win the game. I agree with that. I agree 100%. Uh, I have a different connection to that moment. Um, I don't want to give it away, uh, but um, the, to me, the, the, the spectacle of the year was, was um, the second debate between Hillary Clinton and, um, and uh, Donald Trump <laughs> when he was dancing behind her. Yes. I, that, that was... Um, that was magical. That's when I realized, n- not not uh, I've never been so naive to 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 want to believe that what gets projected even onto uh, major publications of 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 uh, respectable repute like the New York Times. I, I I don't buy that shit either. I don't buy any of it. Um, not because I'm cynical or anything. Just because I just I. I just have a hard time believing uh, the 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 entire narrative, you know, somewhere in between. But when I saw the Hillary Clinton, uh, Donald Trump, you know, him huffing on the stage and her just like <laughs> fucking, it was like they were doing a duet. And of course, they made these memes, and they're hilarious. I I was like, this is the most amazing, most unbelievable thing I will ever. I I don't think it can be taught because it's only it only happens once and it happened and then no it's no it's like the first bite of that of that tiramisu or that dessert it's always going to be the best bite right I don't think that that moment for me ever um, if we want to call it live television for all we know it's fucking recorded um, that's the greatest thing I've ever seen on television that was the fucking spectacle of the motherfucking year. That's a good one, man. That's a great one, um, uh, and that's cool. That's 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 great. That I, I I of course agree that that politics is sports. Um, and in thinking of this, I didn't even I didn't even think of 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 of, of including that. But yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, you know, and, and what's funny about that that debate was, um, it, you know, because of course these debates aren't about like actual uh content like they're not about right you know it's, it's all about performance mm-hmm. and um and i remember the, the, like the the beginning of it uh i even started feeling sorry for donald like mm-hmm. oh my god this is mm-hmm. he is out of his element he is so mm-hmm. awkward the way he was holding the microphone mm-hmm. his voice almost seemed like trembly uh, he was like looking into the mic of camera. Yeah, he was the 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 cocaine drips were were getting to him. And, uh, uh, and who was it? There wasn't there a politician. I think Howard Dean, like uh, like tweeted that. Like yeah, uh, made a reference yeah. to him being on coke. Yeah. But um, yeah. and 
And so I remember thinking, oh, man, this is going to be a nasty night for him. And and in, in shit, man, as, 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 as much as it sucks to say, like in in good sporting uh, game fashion, he rallied back. He likes he started getting his mojo. He I think he what he did was he completely threw away like all the coaching that he'd been yeah. drilled yeah. earlier before that, you know, and Conway and everyone telling him like, dude, you need to be like, do it this way. And I think he just said, you know, fuck it. And he started being the Donald. And on a performance level, like it just he came back swinging, and um, and you know for people who who buy into his rhetoric, uh, it was effective. Like he 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 started he he. I mean they they were throwing some. It was a slobber knocker, man. They were throwing some some haymakers at each other, and um and and they were both landing. Professor, the indignation that we have for, uh, and I don't mean to make the, make this about the the Trump election, but I, I just I have to ask you, do you think that that um, on the left or on the right, whatever we make of why this occurred, is is there is there a a, a bit of a naivete in all of us to think that? Because um, I saw that as the ultimate breaking of the kayfabe. Like it was finally the people who run the fucking show were like, you know what, just give them a good fucking show, you know. And not that they told the candidates to do that, but they're not going to step in the fucking like clean it up or anything. It's just more like, you know what, snow holds bar. The shits the shit house is coming down. Who gives a fuck? Let's just let these motherfuckers go at each other and um, see what happens. And I, for me, it just confirmed what, and I don't think this is conspiracy. I just think it's just, do you think, Professor, there are people who actually believe that uh, if we just work really hard and we come together, that the world will be a better place? And, and just the same way there are people who think that those people who want to make the world a better place are going to infringe on the rights. Do you really believe those people believe that shit, or is that just what we do to cope with the pain of knowing how little fucking control we have over any of this shit, and all we can really do is spectate it and, like, you know, talk shit? You know, I, I don't have an answer to that. I think that's something I, I still can keep asking. But to say that 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 that, that night, that, that night's debate um, was the breaking of the kayfabe, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And 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 you know at the end Donald he he started shooting. Like he the very last question, do you remember it was like do you have something like what can you yeah. say so say something, something nice? nice? Yeah. And I think Donald actually like he broke character and he he shot. He was like he just was like yeah, you know what? Like dude, she's a fighter, but it it seemed like a very genuine closing and and good for Hillary. Hillary was mm-hmm. like, "Motherfucker, this isn't over. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, we're we're still performing." And, you know, mm-hmm. and she refused to to mm-hmm. to give it back. And you know, mm-hmm. she, I, th- I thought her response was very smart to mm-hmm. say, "Like, no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna. That was dumb of you, Donald. You really, mm-hmm. you really just put me over right now." Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of like when um, uh, in boxing, Victor Ortiz and Floyd Mayweather, uh, Victor Ortiz went in like to give Floyd a, a hug. Uh-huh. after like they they had this little like um there was like a violation and so you know uh-huh. and he went into hug but but the fight was back on oh shit and so the fight was back on and, and floyd when when he went into hug him floyd knocked him out <laughs> that's right it's like the right. the fight is still going we're, we're still yeah the, the performance is still on we're still on the stage it's like you and i said that um 
what's his name? John Stewart and uh, O'Reilly have more in common than John yeah. Stewart and Professor and Pontificator. So therefore, their their displays of 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 political uh, dissonance or uh, rejection of each other's values are nothing more than performance in theater. And I I I, I don't think it's cynicism, Professor. I just think there's nothing wrong with seeing it as, as theater, like. You know, I know there really isn't a heaven. I'm almost certain that there isn't. But just on the off chance that there is, I'm going to be a good person. Um, just because it would be nice to get there. But um, if there isn't, I have no hard feelings. I don't give a shit, you know. Um, and, of course, I say that from a position of privilege. So um, I don't really give a shit if it's true or not. <laughs> I just want a good show. The good shows is, 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 is what keeps us going. It's like pretend like it matters, even though you know it doesn't. Um, that's the whole ticket, folks. Uh, Professor, can we call the San Diego voters? Uh, can we mention them as grandstanders of the year for uh, for not allowing uh, the NFL to pull a fast one on them? Or is that a stretch? No, I I I would love that the San Diego voters as a nomination for grandstanders of the year. And as you called it, an anti-elite populist revolt. I would agree with that. Was it the case of, of people who came out to vote to vote against Trump and it was mostly Democrats and, and people who, who tend maybe would not have voted for the stadium? Or was it the case of this relationship has gone so sour that you just, you just want, you know, leave, get your stuff and go. We, I don't want you here. It's, it's causing me more pain than good now to have you here. Yeah, I, th- I think it's more of the latter. And considering who's able to vote, say, like on, on the measure for the new stadium in downtown, because that, encom- that didn't encompass all of San Diego County. Right. But, but nevertheless, that's a, very, that's a very serious threat when you tell a city, if you don't approve of this, you will no longer have a professional NFL franchise in your city. Like, that's it. It's over. And the fact that, that the San Diego voters stood their ground and said, well... I don't think the voters said, get out of here. I think the voters said, you can stay, but under our terms. And, and, and we, don't, we, we don't like this downtown proposal. And, and if you don't like it, then, then fine. We're, we're willing to take that risk. You can get out of here. Um, I thought that was super bold. So there, there, there are uh, mentioned for, or there are uh, finalists for Grand Standards of the Year, along with... Um, uh, who who do we say first? The FC Detroit fans. Oh yes, very very. And again, these are populist uh, movements on the left. Like, I mean, could we call that the 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 anti Charger downtown stadium something done by uh, people who tend to lean more to the blue side, or was it just was? Do you think there were some fans on there who were middle to the right who said, "Screw you, I don't want your stadium." This isn't this isn't a left and right thing, is it? Yeah, I don't know if it is. I, I don't think it, it, it's as clear-cut as, as just uh, uh, blue and red. Uh, Professor, any other mention for Player of the Year before we uh, wrap up the Player of the Year category, uh, Grand Standard of the Year category, and then the, the, the grand prize, like the, 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 the Best Picture Award, which is going to be the uh, – well, I'll tell you what that's going to be. But any other athletes you want to include before we close out the nominations? Um, no, I, I – I would love to to mention um, some kid in the Little League World Series who really tore it up, but um, can't remember their name. So, I'm gonna mention one more, and this is really gonna maybe like screw with your uh, 
your selection, but um, I have a wild card pick, and it might not be a popular pick, but my uh, player of the year is uh, Rafa Marquez. Mm. That's funny because I did actually have that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, simply because of the glorious, beautiful, amazing, wonderful thing that occurred in Columbus uh, back on November 11th on Veterans Day of all days. Um, the veteran with the goal to win it, he is my pick for Sports Player of the Year. Yeah, I think um, like if we were to to pick one objectively, mm-hmm. uh, there'd be, you know, I'm sure sure there there'd be objection to to Rafa, but um, but since I mean since this is our show, um, mm-hmm. I I 100% support. Him as player of the year. So there and, you have and, it, and folks. his and his goal is moment of the year. Moment of the year, absolutely. And team of the year, professor. Uh, team or, uh, or grandstander of the year. Grandstanders of the year. I well st- sticking to sticking to um to the personal bias. Um, I I give it to the to the people of San Diego. I, I would agree with you on that. Um. It was a, a really beautiful moment um, to ask the Chargers to find another way of paying for their stadium. So, did we make a distinction between grandstanders and fans of the year? But so we're going to go with grandstanders because I want to I, I want to talk about like grandstand listener of the year. Mm. I think it's going to be unanimous, and it's amazing that he listens to our show. I don't really know how it is that he got to listening to our show, but. Um, did you know that Bob Costas listens to our show? I've heard. I, I really have to say that he is going. I mean, I, I hope you're okay with that. He's one of my personal heroes. I'm I'm a big fan of Bob Costas, and I and I do. Uh, I yeah, I, I like the fact that he that he listens to the show, that he enjoys it, that he that he always retweets the episodes. It's pretty glorious. Um, he says eventually one day he'll he'll come on, but that he's like he said he would have such a hard time being serious on our show, and that that maybe it's just it's it's not it's not the right time. But he'll be on. Um, did you see his hat last night? <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that uh, man. Um, I'm a big Bob Costas fan too. Um, not a fan of the hat. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the hat, but I'm a I'm a fan of fedoras. Um, uh, uh, so, you know, I hope it's not because it was the fedora. Maybe it's just the hat didn't look good on him, right? You know, it might be. Um, you know, he's a he is a. You know, I I saw him at the um, I know at yeah. the at the Belmont. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had an umbrella person. So he never had that day because he had an umbrella person, and um, and and I'm I'm you know I'm, I'm I would consider myself I'm a, a small guy, uh, he's a small guy, um, and like a like a really small guy, and I have a really big I don't mind fedoras per se, but I do have if there's one thing that grinds my gears, it is kids wearing fedoras. Right. Um, I I don't know why I can, and I hope uh, I hope maybe Frida wears fedoras and I don't I mean no no disrespect if she does she does she has too she dang it sorry but it's okay man. she's she's but it's just Frida it's different okay yeah 
Um, I don't know, man. It just grinds my gears re- really hard, and 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 maybe Bob Costas just for, um, you know, that f- it, it looked like oversized on him, and it was cocked to the side. Like that was too right. much. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like you didn't have to do that. You know, just kind of just wear it straight, play the part straight. Um, Grandstand loves it when you play the part straight. Professor, there's a uh, the the final prize uh, goes to in the spirit of the year of Trump. What sports personality perfectly or organization or event or or team best embodied the values of this year of Trump there's two things that I really I really and you and I have sworn never to talk about this on this show until we really could wrap our 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 grandstanding tentacles around it but the first one is the grandstand in Mexican stadiums that yells the infamous eh? <laughs> uh-huh. they've FIFA has tried everything to 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 halt the derogatory remarks made by these fans in the stadium, but I continue to argue, and this may come back to bite me in the in the behind, but I continue to argue that within the context of this experience it's that that word, that phrase, that thing, it, it has a completely different meaning. And I think the fact that these people have not stopped, no matter what FIFA tries to do and how much they try to find the, the, uh, the, 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 the national team, the stadiums in Mexico, yelling the A, you know, expletive uh, remark, uh, homophobic remark, um, um, they haven't stopped. And I don't think they're going to stop. Because I saw grandmas, little girls, people in fedoras, uh, vendors, everybody yelling it collectively as a society. Um, And they openly defy the kind of just define uh, what, what can be, what is socially acceptable in these times. And the other one is going to be uh, WWE along with the nomination of Linda McMahon to uh, Donald Trump's cabinet. What do you think, Professor? I, th- I think both of those are, are phenomenal picks. Um, that first one, um, I'm, I mean, I'm glad you, you bring, you know, you, the, you, we finally, you, you broke the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one most definitely is is the the uh embodies the not trump but the trump movement right um which really the <laughs> which raises a uh a very difficult question i think for for you and i as to um if if they represent the trump movement um then what does that say about us if we're part of that movement I think is it that we're constantly stuck in these binary views of reality and we're constantly having to pick between the puppet on the right, the puppet on the left, the idea on the left, the idea on the right, and that there's really no room because we're not supposed to talk about these things like we mentioned earlier, that there's really no room for conversation or debate and that, um, you know, I've been listening to a lot of uh, 
William F. Buckley Jr. Mm. Um, I, I don't care for any of his politics, but I love to hear him talk. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a fucking fascist. He's a fucking, you know, whatever he is. But um, God damn, whatever happened to that dialogue? Yes, I, I agree. I think that is that 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 is a, a a big issue. Is is the is is kind of the the the, the binary way we 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 have these conversations, um, and you know, if, if anything, like if if we are to bring oh shoot, and and we can tie Linda McMahon into this too. Mm-hmm. You know, what what we really see here is is the art of manipulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw it with Donald Trump. The McMahons mastered it. Um, Donald Trump learned from them, <laughs> and, right? And you know, uh, definitely took pages out of their playbook uh, to use it on on a on a public that you know that um, quote unquote you know a, a, a populist movement. And and you sent me a, a an article about um, about the 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 puto chant in, mm-hmm. in Mexico with, with mm-hmm. uh, when uh, America played uh, mm-hmm. Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. And I th- that was really fucking interesting because, so you have the sociologist who says, I, the way I took it was, what we have to do, you know, sanctioning is, is going to do nothing. Or it's not effective. To, to Prohibition isn't effective. We know that. Mm-hmm. What we need to do is we need to, learn how to redirect people <laughs> like it, it sounded like a, it looked it sounded a like, a, like a page yeah like out of straight out of child development mm-hmm. uh you know um and i don't know you tell me if i that's no, the way, I, that, I, that's the way i i read it yeah. was was yeah. um give people attractive alternatives and right. and make <laughs> them forget about that chant you know mm-hmm. um and she's kind of sort of absolutely right like I thought that it was just a really mm-hmm. funny way of looking. Where it's like, and 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 essentially what she's doing is she's saying, the, the question is how do we manipulate the masses? Like how do we mm-hmm. manipulate the public? Mm-hmm. Or what's the most effective way to do that? Because what they're doing, um, it just gets in the way. It's it's starting to get in the way. Mm-hmm. And and if we tell them to stop, if we just tell them to stop, that's not like that. That could potentially fan the the flames. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if 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 this is um, if this is the year of Trump, what we saw was um, manipulation at its finest, and and tying it back into the puto chant. I don't know. Do you agree? I, it to me, it seems to be potentially the most effective, the effective way to curb that chant will be to give people other more fun things to chant the entire game nonstop. <laughs> <laughs> Is it censorship? Right. Is sen- is how much has censorship contributed to to the rise of Trump? Is this what got us in this mess in the first place? Well intentioned censorship. Censorship for good reason. Right. But but nevertheless it has its consequences. I drive past my uh well, I shouldn't say that, but I drive past an elementary school and it hosts a church there on Sundays. And I always ask myself, am I okay with this? I'm sure there's some really beautiful and divine things going on in that uh, auditorium, but I wonder, 
uh, what point is it okay to use a public structure to espouse uh, hateful views? Is, is that is that okay? Just renting it out for the weekend, what you do with it there is uh, none of our business. Mm-hmm. I'm immediately repulsed by the fact that there's a church in a public school. Uh, I just don't think they should mix. But at the same time, the more when I think about it more rationally, I'm like... These people have the right to if, to, if the school district wants to make money off of it and they want to rent it out to a group of probably really well-intentioned, amazing human beings, don't they have the right to do that as well? Yeah, I mean, well, going back to the question you asked earlier, um, people get uncomfortable when institutions mix. Um, right. And... Can is it and is it because uh, the 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 power of of ideology and manipulation in certain institutions can um, can play too much of a of a powerful exactly. role in the others, and and that's my of course my one that's my biased view of that. But when it's all said and done, like when do we draw the line? When do we say enough? And when do we say? enough to the political correctness, which is, I think, part of this bullshit rhetoric that was spun to say that that's what elected Trump in the first place. I think it goes way beyond yeah. the stupid shit that that dumbass fucking said, you know? Um, um, and I don't even think it's him. It's just that character, that archetype, that persona, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he's laughing his ass off right now. I think if we're going to learn something from, from this, from everything that's happening in the world right now is that we need to return to the core. We need to return to our communities and we need to return to affecting the thing that I think grandstand said from the day, from day one, from the episode one, which is we want to talk about the, how the regionalistic things, how the things in a region affect our grandstanding and they affect in turn our re, our reaction to the environment that we're a part of and how it affects our relationship to the global, to the world at large. And, um, there's a lot of horrific shit that's happening in the world and it's important to be loud and vocal about that. Um, but in the meantime, so that we don't lose sight of, 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 uh, of, of the work that we're meant to do, it's important to engage in, in, in the, in what we can directly affect in our communities. And I think, um, grandstanders of the year, um, is going to be the San Diego, uh, voters for rejecting the behemoth of the NFL and um, they 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 get the prize, and and then of course I'm going to go with the the uh, fans in the Mexican grandstand for uh, their open defiance of uh, the the social mores of uh, politically correct behavior in the grandstand. Anything else you want to say? Um, so right now that you were that you were saying that um, I was trying to think if there's a if there's a word to to describe uh, this year the the election was humbling mm-hmm. uh the the absolute uh atrocious um seasons in of padre baseball the chargers that mexico yeah uh chile Didn't loss win. yeah um all just humbling experiences and um and and the fact that that we still have listeners and bob costas listens to us is uh, extremely humbling it is humbling the favorite bumper sticker is 2006, uh, Meteor 2016, just ended already. That was a good one. And then uh, my favorite meme uh, that I saw somewhere was, um, uh, damn, 2016 is not fucking around, huh? 
<laughs> you know, yeah, it, it it was it was, and that's why I feel that's I mentioned earlier about the holiday party. That's why I feel optimistic is because I think for a lot of us it was a good wake up call, and or not a, maybe not a good one, a necessary one. Absolutely, put down the squawk box um, for a few minutes and uh, go for a walk and um, talk shit and politics and uh, engage in those conversations that are going to help us come to uh, a better understanding of uh, what we're supposed to do. Um, Go check out California Secession, God Save the Queen, and uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. All right, we're out. Hey, get to work, cabrones. En el espejo y veo en mi rostro El tiempo que he sufrido por tu adiós Obligo a que te olvide el pensamiento Pues siempre estoy pensando en el ayer Prefiero estar dormido Que tú vivieras, que tus ojitos jamás se hubieran cerrado nunca y estar mirándolos, amor eterno e inolvidable, pero tarde o temprano yo voy a estar contigo. Para seguir amándonos. Yo he sufrido mucho por tu ausencia. Desde ese día hasta hoy no soy feliz Y aunque tengo y muy tranquila mi conciencia Yo sé que pude y sé que pude haber yo hecho más por ti Oscura soledad estoy viviendo yo La misma soledad de tu sepulcro mamá Yeah.